Hello, everyone, and welcome on this very special edition of Lyme Recovery. Today, our special guest is Dr. Diane Mueller, dear friend, awesome advocate in the Lyme world, and she's also doing some badass shit for women entrepreneurs that are going to be coming here real soon, so stay tuned. She's just a, a near and dear friend of mine, and she's just doing amazing things in the, in the world, and I'm just so excited to have her on today. I'm Heather Gray with Discovering Health, aka Lyme Boss. I take busy professionals, right, who are trying to conquer their brain fog, uh, address their embarrassing digestive issues and get more energy so they can have a productive, joy-filled life, right? Who doesn't want that? Um, specializing in Lyme and autoimmune stuff. And that's why I connected so much with Dr. Diane. We uh, really connected at a Lyme conference that I honestly didn't think that I'd have a good time at a Lyme conference because Lyme in itself can be a very heavy conversation. Um, but her and I just immediately clicked and geeked out and we talked about everything from sexuality to sensuality to health to like there was no topic left unturned that evening and I just every time I'm around you I just get so lit up and I'm just I'm so excited to have you here today if you can't tell <laughs> I'm so excited to be here today <laughs> hence all the smiling <laughs> right 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 so jump in tell us a little bit about yourself and and why the Lyme world and 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 then kind of what you're doing now with the new stuff that you're creating which is so stupid awesome I can't even tell you but um but yeah take it take it over yeah thanks so much I'm Gosh, it's like so many of us get into this field of working with Lyme, mold, autoimmune, you know, whatever it is from this chronic situation, largely because of the history we have, right? So I fall into that category. I feel like probably 90 something percent of us that, that get into this holistic health space do. So at the height of my illness, I was, it was really, really messy. I was, I was having days where I couldn't even walk and had to be carried. I was having days where if I could walk, I would try to go for a five minute walk around the block. Cause that was basically all I could do because of my pain and chronic fatigue. And the scary thing about that is sometimes I would leave the house and I would go just like two blocks away. And this thing would happen. I would call them episodes where all of a sudden I would forget where I was. I would forget where I lived. It was super intense. So that went on until I basically discovered it was Lyme and mold and a bunch of different digestive things. So I went through my recovery with that. And that's kind of what led into my research and study of Lyme and mold. And then having created a successful business around that, then now I am also helping female entrepreneurs that are really looking to grow and scale their business and make higher impacts in ways that don't kill them. Because sometimes that's what we do as givers is kill ourselves. So now I've moved on to addition to my clinical practice, also supporting female entrepreneurs with their business as well. That is so exciting. And yeah, you're right. I don't think there's too many of us in the Lyme space world that doesn't have a story that drives us because it is such a complex, controversial, right? Space to be in. Like even I, the first year and a half I was in business was like, everyone's like, why aren't you stepping back into Lyme? I'm like, have you ever worked with a Lyme client? Like it's not just Lyme. It is mold. It's heavy metals. It's candida. It's cavitations. It's, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And you have to peel back all those layers, right? On top of building a good foundation, which not a lot of people are talking about. And that's what I loved about that conference. Um, almost every single one of those practitioners were talking about lifestyle, lifestyle, lifestyle. 
What are you eating? How much are you drinking? Are you pooping? What's your sleep like? What's your mindset like, right? Like all these things that need to be in place, but they even need to be in place to be a good business owner, right? A good entrepreneur. Like they are really the foundations of everything. Can you speak a little bit more to that? I'm so glad you said this. Like I actually am covered in goosebumps right now because of how <laughs> I, the level of resonance I have with everything you're saying, because I do feel like it's such an under talked about topic, right? Like I have so many people that wind up coming to my clinic that have been treated for Lyme and treated for mold. And they're like, why am I not getting better? And oftentimes they think that, okay, well, the Lyme treatment's the problem. And sometimes it is, right? Sometimes it's not the right treatment and we need to reevaluate that. And, and that's definitely something that's important to consider. But so much of the time, I find that it's that the other pieces of the puzzle have not been addressed. You know, the lifestyle, like you're saying, the adrenals, the thyroid, the gut, all these different areas and the mindset, you know, it's like, that's the other huge thing that it's like, it's such a major piece of it is getting out of bed in the morning. And if we feel bad, what is the first thing we say? If we say like, crap, this is going to be the worst day ever. That might be your experience. And I had those days. And so your experience is super valid. But starting the day with saying that is also triggering the nervous system to send signals that are more inflammatory and all that. So we got to work with how to stop those stories that are so normal and natural to happen. And then, yeah, the, the business coaching component, like you mentioned as well, like the work with that really comes down to seeing how many people I meet that are amazing practitioners, amazing at their craft and really helping from that angle. It's like, we can't as, as healers, as coaches, as clinicians, we can't really get our word out if people don't even know we exist. So part of helping the community is also helping the people that serve the community. I've never, I was a hairstylist for 15 years before I got into this world. And I used to just be able to put like an ad and group on, right? Hang a shingle and boom, within like two months, my business was built. Um, this business, I've never, ever had to dig so freaking deep at all my own limiting bullshit, all my everything, this, you know, the thoughts that got me sick, right? everything. So all that stuff is having to be addressed. And I'm just like, son of a bitch. I just want to, I just want to help others, but really I'm not going to truly be potent. Like I want to be until really, you know, I'm not looking for perfection. That's not possible, but a lot of the big heavy shit really does need to be addressed in order to help people in that really huge way. Cause you've, and you've got to own it. Right. Um, oh man, there was something else ah, that you said that was really resonant, but maybe it'll come back to me. But yeah, so thank you. That, oh, that mindset. I actually put that on my consultation forms now. Do you believe you can get better, yeah. right? Because if you don't believe you can get better, I'm not going to waste your fucking time. I don't want to waste your damn money. You know, come talk to me again when you are, or if you're interested in learning how to believe that you can get better because it's not black and white, right? Some people might not just know what they don't know. They may not know that they can get better, right? They've been kind of fed this, this BS, but uh, it's definitely a piece to look, a huge piece to look at because it is the difference between somebody getting better and somebody not. Oh yeah. And another piece of like the belief, right? We have like the conscious belief and we have the subconscious belief, right? As I know you and I have talked about before, like the layers of the subconscious, like, cause we can have people come in and, and, you know, say like, yes, I believe I want to get better. And if we're doing that and there's other times throughout the day where we have these subconscious triggers that are, say, opposing that conscious belief, 
we can still run into problems and we might not even realize the layers of like the mindset control that we actually have. And the silver lining with all this that I wanted to throw into this conversation too, you know, when we're looking at, okay, the mindset of, you know, you're bringing up this really important point, like the mindset that was going on with recovery is also a mindset that can come in with limiting beliefs in other places. And this is what I tell people, I think it's super important that the silver lining, right? And like looking for the silver lining of all the pain and all the suffering, which is super shitty. I've been there. Whoops, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you like to cuss here, bring it on. Okay, perfect, perfect, right on Brandon. <laughs> We're just trying um, to be real, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's like a super, super bad thing. So, you know, this, or this, this experience that people go through but when we work on the mindset that will help us heal from lying, from mold and all these things, it's not just about healing. It's actually about setting up and being forced to change the mindset, which once we're healed, actually then trickles down into the success of our re- the rest of our lives. So it's almost like forced mindset that will trickle down way beyond Lyme, way beyond your recovery and affect your entire life by doing that change. And so that's a silver lining I find sometimes of doing that hard work. Can I get an amen? Oh yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I often say it took me a long time to say this, but the gift of this disease was a, it taught me how to take care of myself and put myself first and B it taught me that I was worthy and the whole mindset, everything and everything, everything. Like I had, I had to start talking and living a different way in order to get better. And, you know, when I was brought up, you know, early childhood trauma has a tendency to make us more vulnerable to autoimmune diseases. And, you know, I had three autoimmune diseases plus Lyme plus mold, you know, so I I definitely had the perfect storm going into all of this. And so I didn't have the blueprints, right? I didn't, I was never shown how to talk nicely to oneself, right? I was never shown love and compassion. I was never shown, you know, fill in the blank. And so I think it's been a little harder, um, you know, to try to make a new blueprint, a, a new foundation, but, and I'm not talking about spiritual bypassing either, because that's, that's something that, that some folks get in trouble is this, you know, this, uh, toxic positivity, feel your shit when it's coming up. Right. Like I, I, something, me and my husband got into it pretty bad a couple of weeks ago and I, I was sitting there and I'm like, no, just think this. And I was like, no, Heather, feel it. I'm angry and I'm sad. And I felt it. And then I was over it. And now it's not stuck in my body, creating more havoc. Right. If you ever seen a two-year-old, right. Just throw a temper tantrum. And then two minutes later, they act like nothing happened. Like if we could kind of get back to that level of letting things flow in our body, magic happens. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing. I, one of the things for me and like thinking about mindset that was really, really pivotal when I was going through my healing process was this idea of saying no, I've always, like, I was always like the yes girl. Right. So that was a really, really important thing for me to like learn to actually have healthy boundaries because I kind of had to say no a lot when I was healing. So that was one of the things that came up for me there. And then the other thing I really want to um, piggyback off of what you said, because I think it's super important, is this concept of feeling things and the spiritual bypass, because it's it's a really hot topic for me right now, because I'm just seeing so much of this happen, especially in like meditation type of communities. And I love, you know, meditation is great. There's tons of research on meditation. I think it can be a super useful tool. And like anything, if used 
incorrectly, it can be problematic. And one of the problems I sometimes see with it comes down to this spiritual bypass type of thing where, okay, we are feeling, we're feeling frustrated, right? You know, we've been sick for weeks, years, you know, decades, decades. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, we're feeling just pissed. And then what we want to avoid doing is just being like, okay, well, I'm just going to go into meditation and just like push the piss away and just feel into the space of happiness. And it's like, no, I really think that's problematic. I think like what we really need to use meditation for is a way to make sure we're not ruminating and staying stuck in that piss, but first feel the piss. Like if you've been sick for, you know, years and decades, even if you've been sick for weeks, like, and if you feel piss, let yourself feel that. The problem is when that piss, like if we stay in that state for days, weeks, months, it's like, and that's where it's, you know, problematic. So we want to feel it. And we also want to bring in the options and the opportunity to feel other things as well. Amen. Absolutely. That's one thing I loved about the somatic experiencing work that I was learning too, is because it allowed you to one, um, calibrate your nervous system because I also never knew that I was stuck in this fight or flight all the fucking time. There was always a tiger chasing me, you know, and it was one of the reasons why I couldn't heal. But it was once I learned how to, to, to slowly calibrate of like, oh, this is what it feels like to be in rest and digest. Oh, and then, so then I could recognize more when I was triggered and then do things to help calm my nervous system down. And the other beautiful part about a lot of that work is that you don't have to relive your trauma, right. In order to actually heal it and move it out of the nervous system. Like, oh my gosh. And then just recently, have you watched, um, uh, Michael Pollan, he's got a, a Netflix series right now called how to change your mind all on psychedelics. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. It's so good. And I cried and I was so angry because like this stuff is literally changing people's lives. People who were like verklempt with OCD and anxiety and depression and suicidal, I mean, PTSD and addictions that are getting healed, you know? So it's just, it's, it's a beautiful time that we're living in. I feel like we're unlocking these beautiful secrets of the mind and the body, and we're not needing to stay stuck in those old paradigms, but sadly you do have to be open to learning, right? A new way of living, a new way of being. I I tell people all the time, they're like, you're not going to make me change my blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if you want to get better, yes, because your best intentions got you here. And if you want to get better, we kind of need to do a 180. So buckle up, sunshine. (laughs) We're going for a ride. Yeah. Something that Tony Robbins says that I just absolutely love is the concept of like, if you're wanting a different future, so if your future self has like better health, if it has a bigger house, if it has bigger dreams, whatever it is, right? So if your future self has something different, then your current self needs to actually do like start thinking about the thoughts that that person would have. So if a healthy person has healthy thoughts and you're trying to get from a sick person to a healthy person, you actually need to start having the thoughts now when you're sick of the person that is healthy. Otherwise, if we have the same thoughts now, how are we ever actually going to transform into that different person? I think it's like super brilliant the way he describes it because it really looks at this exact thing. And the other thing, like in addition to like the somatic work that you're talking about, like to me, that's similar. I look at this and I've been playing with the concept of pleasure a lot and pleasure being like, 
okay, what brings us pleasure? Like, is it my coffee? Is it like my glass of water? Is it like a touch from a lover? Is it the feel of fabric against my skin? There's like so many different versions of pleasure, right? (laughs) So it's like, pleasure to me is like a sign that we are in our body. If we're not experiencing pleasure, Mm. you know, it's like, okay, well, if we eat, we've scarfed down a meal for in like two minutes, probably didn't like take time to actually enjoy our food. There's that absence of pleasure. So pleasure is a way of actually tuning in. If we're not experiencing pleasure, that's a sign that we are probably not dropped into our somatic body and probably not in tune with our parasympathetic nervous system. So that's kind of like a fun compass. That is absolutely beautiful. I've never put it, I've never heard it put so eloquently before. It was funny. So when, uh, after my divorce, I started taking uh, uh, intimacy and passion coaching And I remember one of the exercises she was talking about being sensual, right? And I was like, I'm sorry, can can you use that word in a sentence? Like sexual? Like I knew sexual, I had that down, right? I was, you know, trauma, daddy issues on the pole, you know, whole nine yards. So I had the sexuality part down, but sensual, like it was, it was not landing. I'm like, I didn't understand what that meant. And so a lot of times too, I remember old therapists asking what brought me pleasure. And again, I would look at them and I'm like, I, I, I'm sorry. You know, it was a very foreign concept and absolutely my nervous system was completely fried at that time. I was never in my body. Um, because it was so uncomfortable. It was so painful. It was so anxiety ridden. It was so awkward, you know, so I'm, yeah, fascinating. And I am definitely experiencing pleasure at a whole new level these days. And so, yeah, that, God, that was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like it's, you know, it's like, we talk about all these other ways to get into our parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system and why not enjoy the process? So it's like, if we're going to become more embodied, if we're going to be saying like, we need to be more in our parasympathetic to heal disease, you know, to heal all of these chronic diseases we're talking about where we want that parasympathetic dominance. Yeah. Like let's do all the things that work and less like, why not do it through pleasure? Because pleasure is a great way of saying like, oh, if I sit and I get my brain really focused on like, the notes of the coffee and how it feels in my mouth and how it feels when it's like, you know, the taste of it and the little buzz I get afterwards. Like if I'm tuned into all of those components, guess what? My mind's not thinking about all these other things. I've already dropped into the moment. So it's like an easy, fun way of like, why not tune into pleasure as more, as a way of healing? Like, why not? <laughs> what an awesome turn on, even just listening to you describe all those things about coffee. And I was like, mm. <laughs> you know, I could, I could drop in and literally feel it like that was amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And it's funny when you talk about the future mindset and, and or the future self and now, you know, that just kind of really hit me like a ton of, of bricks a couple of days ago. Cause I'm, I'm in the middle of building a business and, you know, it's been a, a bit of an up and down roller coaster, very, you know, uh, emotionally ah, one day I'm like, I'm on top of the world and look at this person I get to help. And look at this awesome testimonial to like things not coming in for weeks and then going, Oh my God, how am I going to eat? How am I going to pay rent? And you know, hanging around folks that have the level of success that I want, like such as yourself and and other folks, I see how they carry themselves in a different way, especially when it comes to money. Right. And I don't see that, ah, you know, all the time that's running in the background of my head, they just have this confidence. Like they know, like they know that it's, it's, it's coming in, that things are taken care of, things are handled. 
And so I've been playing with that feeling the last couple of days and man, it feels amazing just to let that go, just to let it go. Right. And it's not every, cause it was always like, you have to hold on to that feeling because it's irresponsible if you don't No, that's keeping me sick. And it's keeping me broke is what that is. That's, that's old conditioning. That's not mine. That's my mother's right. That's society. That's whatever BS, especially put on women. Right. when it comes to, to finances and what we're allowed to have and all that fun stuff. So it's been, I don't know, I've been having a blast the last couple of weeks, just really trying to break through a lot of these old limiting conditions around money, especially. Yeah. Money is such an interesting one. I think, especially for women, I've been looking up just, you know, getting my business coaching business moving. I've been looking up a lot of stats on women and finances and crazy stuff. Like, there's this one um, survey that was done where it was like, okay, if there's in like in a corporate setting, if there's a promotion potential that is being offered a higher position and it lists all the qualification that men will apply for that promotion if they've only made 67% of the qualifications on average. Women on average will not apply for the promotion unless they've made 100% of the qualifications. So it's like, wow, this is so fascinating, right? How the level of programming, you know, and we're talking about wellness, we're talking about finances, we're talking about life. So much of this is, it's like, this is where it's like thoughts actually are directly related to the actions we take. And this, this survey really showed that around like, oh, women had different thoughts than men. They took a dramatically different action that dramatically impacted their, you know, their rising up in their career. So we have to have these conversations, you know? Absolutely. It's funny. There's a, a, a newer FDN, you know, and I, I, I'm not like a coach by any means, as far as business goes, I'm still learning myself, but I'm still a few steps further ahead than her. Right. And I encouraged her to um, look for a a part-time coaching job with someone else just so she could learn some ropes and get some money and not be so verklempt, right? Um, And she was like, well, I don't meet all the qualifications that they're asking for. And I'm like, I don't give a rat's ass. Call them and get in front of them. I'm like, because I I used to do that all the time too. I was like, what the hell? You know, what do I have to lose? They're going to tell me no, big deal, right? So I would still get on there. And sometimes I just be brutally honest, like, no, I'm not as comfortable with the oat is what you're looking for, but I'm, I'm very a quick learner, right? I, I'm wanting to learn. I want to, you know, build a foundation with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I've gotten every single job that I wasn't, you know, qualified for per the the ad, right? So just even watching her, you know, I can't apply for that. I'm like, no, you can, and you should, and please do you know, type of thing. So yeah, fascinating. Yeah. It brings up the conversation of imposter syndrome, what you're talking about, right? And imposter syndrome, I think we can apply that principle. It's like imposter syndrome. If anybody doesn't know, that is a term where we're talking about almost this feeling of being fake because we are putting ourselves out there in a way or thinking things or doing things that maybe we don't feel totally qualified for. So we feel fake. So we can apply that, you know, to, to our careers, to our jobs, whatever we're doing in the workplace, we can apply that to being a mom or a dad. We can apply that to our health and thinking things like that we're well when we're not and trying to change our mindset. We can apply that to any of this. And the way I've really started looking at imposter syndrome is actually looking, changing it from like a negative to actually looking at it as a positive. Because if we're saying right? So follow me here. So we're saying like, okay, in order for me to be my future self, 
I actually have to be growing into my future self, meaning I need to be challenging myself to do things that are uncomfortable and that feel like are at my growth edge. So imposter syndrome to me is actually a sign that you are at your edge. And so when we're actually feeling like, oh, we're imposters, we're fake, what's actually happening is you've reached your edge of growth. And now stepping into that, that's actually making you closer to where you want to be your future self. So I really almost feel like with this imposter syndrome kind of conversation, instead of um, almost looking at it as like, oh, it's, it's, you know, something that it's like, it happens and like, you just have to get through it actually forming more of like an excited relationship about it. Because if you're there, that means you are pushing your edge and getting closer to the future self you want to be and you want to have. Yeah, no, absolutely. Being a coach, especially, and not a doctor as yourself, and then putting myself out there as Lyme boss, like, oh my God, have I wrestled with the, the demons in my head screaming, who the fuck do you think you are, <laughs> right? But no, you know, I was 27 years Lyme disease, mold toxicity, uh, you know, reversed two out of the three of my autoimmune diseases. No, I'm not a doctor and I'm not putting myself out there as a doctor. I do not treat or diagnose disease but I, I'm a foundations coach, right? Like I love working with folks that are working with a Lyme literate doctor who's working on their treatment. And then I come in and work with mindset, with, with health, with sleep, with food, with all the other stuff that needs to be in place for somebody to be long-term healthy, right? I've seen so many people relapse because they were only focused on the treatment. I did it myself twice, right? So, you know, people think that it's expensive and weird to work with a coach, but really, I mean, you're saving yourself a shit ton of headache down the yeah. line, because if you don't get these things in place, you will relapse yeah. and it could be bigger the next time, right? Like you could be getting something like the, the, the C word, you know, or <laughs> it shows up with the divorce. Like it, it, it creeps into all areas of your life. So it's, it's so much more to, than health. And I think that's the biggest point that I kind of want to get through on this episode here is that you really have got to take a deep dive into all aspects of your life because it's all intertwined. And if you're focused on just the one thing, right, you're not, you're missing huge healing processes, healing potential, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's two things I want to comment on on that. Like one is what you're mentioning around like relapse and lifestyle, all that. I couldn't agree more. Like basically that I would say is actually what I would say. It sounds like you too. Like the number one reason why people relapse is because they're not doing all of the things that are the foundational things. And, you know, and we think at this point with research that, you know, it's a little bit unsure, but it, it's likely that Lyme might be something that doesn't really truly ever go away. Meaning we coexist with it like chicken pox, where it's like, it's in dormancy. Most of us don't have shingles as a relapse from chicken pox. And if same thing with Lyme, like it's the lifestyle stuff that keeps us from relapsing, that keeps us. And same thing if it's autoimmune disease, same thing, lifestyle stuff keeps us from relapsing. So couldn't agree more on that. And then the second point I wanted to make was on, oh shoot, I lost it. You said uh, it was about lifestyle and, okay, this one's going to come back to me now. <laughs> it'll come back to me though. There's just so many exciting things. <laughs> there are so many exciting things. And I think this was about mine. Oh, this is what it was. Um, I also wanted to just point out that coaching. So from this coaching standpoint, you know, it's, it's super interesting when people say that they don't need a coach for whatever reason, because so I'm a business coach at this point, right? 
I still have multiple business coaches. And oftentimes when they tell me things, it is, it's things that it's like, at this point, I know business so well. So when they say things, oftentimes I even know they're, I even know what they're going to say, but just having a different, slightly different perspective, or just having a different shift or a a reconfirmation, it, I, it is like worth its weight. It has saved me so much time. And it's like a true investment having a coach because it also saves me so much money. Like, yes, I paid a lot of money to have coaches, but it also winds up because I have another perspective. I have somebody validating. I have somebody tweaking my path just a tiny bit. It actually, it has paid me back. Like I track like, okay, so I pay for this coach. What do I get back from making a decision more clearly or quicker because I can, um, you know, validate what I I'm thinking and it pays for itself so fast. So I think it's like, even if people know things, even if people know the lifestyle things, having somebody like you as support that can actually come in and coach and do these things and just make these tiny little tweaks or just say, Hey, you're missing that. Or let me get you back on track with this. It's, it's the difference sometimes hugely of staying on track, of staying healthy, of not having to take time off work, of not having to not show up for your kids' events because you relapse. It's like the difference of all of that. So it is, there's money that goes with it, but it's an investment that is way worth it. Absolutely. I mean, think about it. Think about, you know, all the professional athletes, right? The professional uh, people who are doing things at a, a very high level, none of them are doing it without a coach, you know? So I think sometimes even just landing that piece in just everyday life of, yes, you too can benefit from something like this, right? Because I think people just think, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. No, no. You, you want to get from point A to point B, the fastest, most direct way, right? With somebody holding your hand, being a guide. Because that was the other thing. When I was going through my, my sickness, the doctors were so damn busy. They didn't have time to hold my hand. And there were times where I was scared shitless. I thought I was going to die with some of the reactions I was having from my medications, you know, and God, I wish I would have had someone like me then. Right. And that's, that's part of what I provide for the people who work with me is they, you know, they have access to me on their client portal and I get their emails and they're like, Heather, help, you know, and and I'm there. And I, I, you know, and it's that type of stuff is invaluable when you're literally fighting for your life. It is, it is. And just having somebody that has a clear brain, it doesn't have brain fog. Cause <laughs> it's like so many people that I know we both work with wind up being on Dr. Google all day. And on Dr. <laughs> Google, we can basically prove any theory we have. We can prove that this diet's good. We can prove that that opposing diet's good, right? We can prove anything on Dr. Google. And so the problem sometimes is that I see without having a coach, it's like, we can go online and read all these things and be like, well, this makes sense. There's research. Let's do this versus having somebody that is actually seen case after case, after case, after case that has worked in this field can at least give guidance and say like, okay, well, we could try that, but these are the things you need to watch out for with your unique condition. These are, this is how long you should try it before we throw in the towel. So even if it's like trialing something that somebody reads on Dr. Google, having that coach is essential, I think, for saying, okay, well, this is how you try it intelligently. This is how you try it safely. This is how you try it in a way that's going to work with your current situation, all of those types of things. Gotcha. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what, uh, 
what are some kind of like lasting little tidbits, nuggets that you kind of want to drop on us? And then also I'd love for you to, you know, some self shameless self-promotion, you know, what, you <laughs> coming up? what are you working on? Yeah, happy to. So the, the, I mean, the biggest thing, I think we've already hit on the biggest two things, but just to really wrap um, this up in a nice little knot here, a nice little present, we could say the one is it is not ever just lime or ever just mold. I've never seen that in all of my 12 years of working in the lime community, never, ever seen that. So it's going to be more than just that. So if you're not getting well, it's because that there's still more to the picture and that a foundational component to that is always going to be your lifestyle choices, including mindset. So that's one of the big things. And so the second thing really is a little bit more on the mindset component that I would say is just making sure that you're really not bypassing your thoughts and your beliefs and all of that. You're allowing yourself to feel the frustration, the grief, all the things that come with having chronic disease, but then also doing the work to help yourself get unstuck from there and not staying in there, not ruminating, because even if you feel all those things and they're valid to feel, we want to get you unstuck from the, you know, from that sympathetic, that fight or flight, that sending those signals out that break down your tissue. We want to get you out of that loop. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what do you have coming up? So coming up, basically a few different things. So if you go to my business coaching website, which is femmeetsfortune.com, you'll find some really cool quizzes on there that you can actually take to analyze your business and see where you're at and see where the broken parts of your business are most clearly. You can also go to my website, drdianemuller.com, where you can find my book. You can find information about my clinical practice. Um, And so the other thing that I have coming up that we'll be giving out information soon, and I'll put this on my website as soon as I have links, is I have a really cool um, summit coming up here that I am working on called Microbes and Mental Health. So that will be coming up in March and should be really cool. I have some really cool speakers already signed up for that. And so look out for that information as well. Awesome sauce. So really quick question. I took that um, quiz and it said that I was a queen. Can you tell me what a little bit more like in the hierarchies? Like I have always found that kind of stuff absolutely fascinating because so you're not just like a one size fits all bright coach, right? You're going to probably show what the weaknesses and the strengths of a queen are, right? And kind of speak to that directly. Yeah. So basically there's 12 femme business archetypes and I created these based upon my history as a doctor of acupuncture and oriental medicine and studying Taoist cosmology. So in Taoist cosmology, it really looks at, it's just a different model, right? There's a lot of models out there, Myers-Briggs and Colby. There's a lot of different typologies out there. So Taoist is just one type of typology. It's just really looking and breaking down strengths and weakness of individuals and so then what I did was looked at um, these 12, some of the 12 major pieces that we need to do as business owners in order to be successful and matched those because of what they take from the mind power, match those to the Taoist cosmology archetypes. And so the queen is one of them. And so the idea with this is really in helping people from a confidence standpoint, one, know what their strengths are to capitalize on their strengths more and to move like when we know what our strengths are, that helps us move into what we can call the queen boss role, like the number one most important thing for you to be doing with your time. 
And then all of the other 11 that we are weaker in, in, in my courses, we go through the other 11. And basically the idea of the other 11 is to also start doing some of the activities that will start developing your skill set in these other 11. The idea with that is that the more we can have our skill set developed in these other 11, the more we can show up to any situation confidently. And then in addition to that, also, it helps us know from a hiring perspective, like while we want to develop ourselves fully as, as women, as female entrepreneurs, as women in the world, whether we're entrepreneurs or, or whatever else we're doing, we, it's really, really helpful to fully grow into all aspects of ourselves. And it's also good to know where the areas of our biggest weaknesses are, because those are going to be the first place where we should think about hiring team and that sort of thing. So it encompasses all of that. Exciting. I can't wait to dive in more. It's so exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to have you more. <laughs> awesome. Well, ah, from the bottom of my heart, I can't say thank you enough for agreeing to be on here today and sharing all your wisdom and all the gifts that you are and that you're bringing to this world. And I just wanted to say thank you. Well, I can't thank you enough for having me and for doing this amazing work in the world. It really takes all of us. And I'm so glad you're out there with your story and your experience helping the world as well. Amen. Alrighty. <laughs> Till next time. Have a healthy day. Bye everybody.